<laughs> yeah. Well, I think we each have our little things that we may be a little somehow distracted by from time to time. And I think that's perfectly allowable. As long as you can fall back on it's <laughs> 8.42 a.m. Saturday, May the 7th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> and other such uh, guttural utterances. <sighs> so here we are. On a fine Saturday morning, lots of laughter already, as you may have noticed, uh, because, well, you know, Diane and I, we, you know, we get together once a week to chat, but the rest of the time, we're <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Pretty much living in our own separate little worlds, and very little overlap. Yeah, I am an angry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mother's Day Eve. It's also my brother's day Eve. Really? Oh, your brother's born on Mother's Day this year. This year, and the very, I think the very first year he was born on Mother's Day. Wow. Wow. That must have been kind of... <laughs> in its own little way. It, I am sure yeah, So was. happy birthday, Gary, and happy Mother's Day to all. Yeah, yes. I think that my mother and dad, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, I thought that they were on a walk. And I think it was probably, you know, and then this all kind of catastrophically <laughs> happened just because or it water was, broke or something like that well walker well just that that it was not an easy time yes so but anyway i'm so thrilled to wish my brother a happy birthday yeah that's cool what a lifelong companion he has been indeed indeed indeed, indeed. one of many that still remain. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I had an epic... That's a very fortunate thing, isn't it? To yeah. have a sibling relationship that you continue throughout your life. I mean, I know and some people don't to be stay nourish, nourishing. in contact. And yeah. that's... I just feel like, man, but this, is, this person knew where you grew up. They grew up with you. And yeah. they know your parents... The, not maybe exactly the way that you knew them because everybody has their own perspective but but nonetheless they know all the characters of your life you never want to have that go away but I'm very fortunate that Gary and I have so many um, interests in common too yeah it's true so I would say it's been an active week here in Lake Amphetamine but uh, who am I to say I don't really have a Maybe I could say it was a hectic week here in Lake Abundance. What do you say? I like that. Oh, do you? I like that. You're taking all the humor out of the entire, you know, the Lake Amphetamine. It was a play on the no, I, I totally get it, but right. however. I guess life is not uh, as quite as zippy as it used to be. <laughs> I'm thinking about the song yes. Zippy, of course. I know. Um, yeah, but it's been quite a marvelous week. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the thing that's really interesting is, as everyone knows, I've been talking about it endlessly, mm -hmm. that I am going to be retiring on June 30th. Yes. But I've never had quite an experience of work like I'm having right now. Because when you are 
known to be leaving this far in advance and you're not getting all the assignments that you once did because they're thinking you're not going to be around. It just has been an interesting feeling at work. You know, I'm doing work, but there's no feeling of, oh my God, this is going to be chaotic in three months, you know, because in three months I'm gone. So, you know. Yes. I've never had that experience because I've been working for so long knowing that I'm going to go to the next month and the next month and the next. Right. And because of that, I've had all my passions just clamoring at the, not even, no, they're no longer clamoring at the gate. They're, they're through the they have, gate. They have burst through the gate. They have they burst have. through the gate yeah. and said, sorry, we're coming in no matter yeah. Whether you're ready or not. Oh my gosh. And this week has been particularly true in that because, uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? I don't remember the day of the meeting, the, the first class meeting of my tarot class. They have a monthly meeting. and Is it monthly or bi-monthly? It's monthly. It is monthly? It is monthly. Oh, good. And, uh, and it was just a remarkable class. The the people who were in this class, uh, about 19 showed up, so that means 18 students and, and the teacher. They were all as passionate and in depth in their um, in their their learning, and and then I made a new friend through it, who I've been talking to pretty much nonstop by texting about all the shared passions that we have in astrology and tarot and, uh, I don't know, literature, drama, myth. myth. Don't forget myth. Myth. Yeah, he was uh, in the library carols yesterday looking up all sorts of things about Greek gods and goddesses. Well, actually goddesses. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Cool. Yeah. You, you seem to have a, uh, you have become, shall I say, a light with this uh, pursuit. And it's great to see. Well, it's, it's because it it's, combines so many of my passions into one thing. Right. You know, into the visual uh, art, the literature that's behind it, the mythology that's behind it. The astrology that's behind it so yeah it's um, it's great for me as a witness and a companion to see you uh, your primary focus shift from your work to your life basically because yeah. that's kind of what it is you get to you are you, you are you have a liberty to choose your own place where you're putting your primary attention um, and it's for someone like you, who may have worried at one point, and I don't know why you would have, but that's because I know you and better than you know yourself, Diane, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you might. <laughs> <laughs> I think no. sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, the people around us can give us great insights into who we are. So there's no doubt that when you do retire, you'll have something to do. I you, definitely. You won't be just sitting around going, no, what do I do? 
Well, I think that the reason why this has become such a incredible interest is that it there's just no end to the it, it's really a classical education yeah. and that's the the interesting yeah, thing because it's got threads that go into all i mean there's his, history there's symbolism there's you know uh, mythology there's uh, there's christian references there's you know references that go back a lot further than that and it's a it's there's a pictographic element to it that you where you're uh, studying certain imagery and you, it that leads you in all kinds of different directions including into literature and you know so it's it is one of those primary source points that just explodes like a supernova sending little bits and pieces off into every direction well my new friend has been in the class for a year he is definitely more advanced than me that's how I, why I connected with him because he made some comments on some draws, I thought, I want to know what that guy knows. <sighs> and um, and I just was attracted to his personality. Right. He was very friendly, big smile, very um, animated, yeah. you know. And a natural teacher. And a natural teacher. And, and so that's how we started this text exchange. But I'll tell you, you know, when you do have passions, it's so important to have somebody to ping pong with and i i did not know how to exactly do that with this until this happened but the thing that i learned at the class because when i did my final assignment um i turned it in a couple of weeks ago it was before we went out to la push uh, my teacher was on vacation when I submitted my final assignment. But I had thought at the time that I was really, I mean, I worked all day on the assignment. It was not like a school assignment where you were feeling like, oh my God, because there's no grades, there's no certificate. But it was the best kind of thing because you're truly just working on the the joy of, the project and you want to do something that's definitive yeah you want to do something definitive and you want to do it well and present it well and but I thought that I was maybe kind of going overboard on my presentation but then when I was in this class uh, some people were sharing from uh, they call the lessons modules so I've, I've just come out of module one I'm in module two a, a person presented for module three and what the teacher said was it's called what's what's your jam and basically you get to go in depth to whatever she said you could geek out as much as you'd like mm-hmm. on whatever aspect of this you want to focus on and so I, I was curious about the module three and I looked ahead at the final assignment for it and she had some examples of what other people had submitted. And, oh, my God, I thought, no, I am not going overboard. If, if anything, I am going underboard <laughs> from what other people are doing. Well, probably not for the module one. I probably was just about the same yeah. as most. But everybody's taking it very seriously, taking the education very seriously, and that just jazzes me in itself. Yep. So, a great new thing. 
Great new thing. And then the then last night we had yeah we had one a of the, wonderful dinner yeah with, a wonderful dinner my daughter Alice and my other daughter uh, as much as I can think surrogate uh, daughter my maybe. surrogate daughter there's a good word yeah uh, Amelia and her partner John came over and we had uh, Diane's fabulous curry chicken and rice and some salad and you know. So we sat down and had dinner, and but the conversation was mind-boggling and wonderful. And Man, wide, speaking about zippy, wide range. It was very yeah. zippy. Was very zippy. Very zippy. But it, you know, I I was able to. I felt like I was able to hold my own in the conversation better than I had. Yeah, supposed. I had thought. Oh my gosh, I don't really, you know, know how I'll do with three young people who have political decisions that they've made and stuff like that and I'm not prepared to have this conversation <laughs> but that's not true actually yeah it was a great conversation Quite ranging I just too many topics love to those people yeah I love those people so much uh, and I am celebrating the fact that I've reestablished contact with a very old friend that I had not seen in 22 years and but I went to college with um and Lori is somebody that we were students in the first poetry writing workshop there at, at the school we went, which is Whitworth College in Spokane. And uh, she went on to teach that poetry writing workshop and is now, I think, this year retiring from her professorship at Whitworth College. And uh, she studied with Richard Hugo and Mark Strand, and these luminous poets. And she is herself a, she's a real poet, is what I'm saying. She's, she's like the only real poet that I've known since she was a real poet in her youth. Um, so. Well, I think you are a real poet. Well, uh, yeah, and, and she probably doesn't think she's a real poet either, but you know, I don't think there's any way to know. But anyway, so we're just reestablishing contact, and I had sent her one of my books when it came out, The Pandemic Suite, which was a year ago, plus. And... Uh, she had just received it because she had been working remotely for a, during the pandemic and hadn't picked up her mail at the at the uh, Westminster uh, English Department building for some months. And so another professor of mine who was a professor of mine back at Whitworth, Leonard Oakland, who is also retiring this year after 53 years teaching at Whitworth. 53 years. Wow. Yeah. And. Uh, wow. Yeah. You know, and I think it was. I think it was my 40, my journey. forty years ago when I when I went to Whitworth, and so it's like, yeah. So he was considerably younger when I went to Whitworth. He'd only been there thirteen well, years when I went. But there. speaking of adjustments after retirement, yeah. uh, I mean, I think yeah. I'm having difficulty after thirty three years. Can't imagine. I don't. I can't imagine either one of them having any difficulty uh, transitioning to retirement. Leonard has this is just all over the place and. And I imagine that Lori is too, and probably has great ideas of how she can spend her time getting to do more of what she loves to do. I think she loves gardening, and and uh, I, I'm just remembering from memory. I don't know, but anyway, we're hopefully going to have a Zoom chat here this week, and and uh, so that's something that I'm celebrating. The poetry break on Tuesday was good, probably the best one yet in terms of how I felt about it, going in and coming out. And, uh, it's a very healing evening, I believe. 
I think there's something really important about people reading to each other. Mm. I think about how when we were kids and we had people reading to us before we went to bed, there's something about that that is important, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's something that I remember. You know, it was interesting reading uh, the Henry Wadsworth Longfellow poem because I remember hearing that, hearing my dad read that when I was a kid. And uh, so anyway, it's just been an interesting experience and mind expanding. And I find myself uh, extremely busy in preparing to do something that I enjoy innately anyway. And I'm realizing the longer I do this, you know, when I think about the tree, doing the Treehouse concert and now shifting into the poetry break because of my manual issues, uh, you know, poetry has really held up my entire creative life, even, yeah. as, I, even as, as I chose to pursue being a songwriter rather than being a poet because it seemed easier. <laughs> I don't think it's really rather than being a poet. Well, but I mean, you remember the article you wrote? Yeah. All those years ago, that was it was in my head that I had to decide. Yeah. Between the two, I had to well, because reason... I wanted to go full on into one or the other, and I felt like if I was trying to do both all the time, I wouldn't be able to do either one of them as well as I wanted to. So that was kind of the foundation of this decision that I felt I had to make coming out of college, and I chose music because it seemed easier to get into. I knew venues. I'd been to open mics. I kind of knew the the ins and outs of it better. And, you know, standing there with a guitar and singing a song that you wrote just seemed more instantly impressive than sending poems out to little magazines and collecting rejection slips and always having batches of stuff out in the mail and doing all that licking and... Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Stuffing and, you know, reprinting and that kind of stuff. Ew, boy. It just didn't seem like a kind of... It was good coffee. uh, It was too inside, you know. I wanted something where I could take what I had created inside and take it outside you know and I would oh I'd always been a uh, kind of a ham and a you know a performer and an entertainer anyway growing up I was you know mis- voted most humorous in the senior class hall of fame and things like that in high school and so I, I wanted to be able to do that too I delight in you being a ham yeah well I love it 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 well you'd think it would have spoiled by now there'd be like some fuzzy blue stuff. And maybe there is some fuzzy blue stuff around the edges of the ham. But no. that, but the the apparently the cut of meat still keeps uh, maintains most of its uh, physical integrity. <laughs> though it's slipping a little around the edges. He entertains me daily, right. everyone. Well. I can't. I small can't town, of, nothing to do. You know. I can't think of a day that I, I has gone by without me breaking into insane laughter at something that Bill has said or done. Well, all an entertainer needs, Diane, <laughs> is a good audience. That's all any entertainer needs. So, for you listening at home, you know, this is I get this twenty four seven. So how could I not be a happy guy? Yeah. <laughs> So, so the poetry break is fun, and I'm I'm enjoying all the aspects of it. Uh, so, and I'm I'm actually quite shocked that a lot of the people that were coming to the Treehouse concerts are coming to the poetry break uh, because it's just like I don't know. I always felt like the putting poetry in the middle of the Treehouse concert was kind of like my my little 
nod, my something that I wanted to do just to break up the show. And I like the set break or something like that. I play a few songs, read a few poems, play a few more songs. Good night, everybody. It just makes sense. But you just have a, a way of bringing everyone yeah, into yeah, your yeah, world. Yeah. You do. Thank and you. you've perfected this Zoom thing, which I don't think many people can do. To make it really seem like you're there and that you're just talking to that person right there, you know. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Well, I am too, and uh, it's it's one of those things that you know, I, you know, you don't know that you can do something until you're doing it, kind of thing. So, but don't you just feel like we're getting um, sort of magically swept away mm-hmm. without our even having to? It, it just like. Yeah, and here you've got the gossamer wings, and here you go. Well, yeah, and it does. You. There is there is a kind of quality to it that makes it feel like this is how it was supposed to work. Yeah, you know? and when I think that about you're just going in line with what was what you were supposed to be doing. Well, all and along. yeah, you know, as my life as a songwriter for fifty years was a good life, and I'm proud of every bit of it. And uh, and I, you know, I've got some residual scarring from the fact that I didn't do more that i wasn't more ambitious or whatever but uh that that noise in my head about that seems to be kind of fading out and it's uh and yeah there's still some the committee is still at work up there they're just confused for a moment because they can't quite haven't quite mounted their new campaign yet based upon changes that i've made to my program and uh i feel like i'm being allowed to Okay, so I was writing songs for all these years, and I, but I was also writing poetry. And the notebook where I write the poetry is the same notebook where I wrote the song. So it was all happening in a continuum of a, of a kind of uh, primary effort, which was to sit down and write, right? That's where the song started. That's where the poems were happening all the way through. So you take the songwriting off of that, and you've still got this entire foundation that was actually where that was coming from anyway. So it feels like I'm drilling a little deeper into uh, my personal source material just by making this shift. And the longer I'm on this side of the shift, the more I feel like, well, it's nothing's really changed that much. Yeah. You know? And so I f- feel like I'm able to, for moments, and these are isolated moments, uh, where I have some clarity about it, I really feel like I'm not, nothing really has, is, is that different. You know, I'm still kind of doing all the things that, uh, that I used to do, except without the guitar playing. So, anyway. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that came up through my, uh, my class and my conversations with my new friend is that what, tarot is about is meaning making and i i realized that everything that you and i are doing are different facets of meaning making and i just i will never stop thinking about that that it's that you're trying to go in depths for yourself you know you're you're trying to view things and make some meaning out of it in life, yeah. and that so whether it's, life isn't meaningless. That's right. So what what you try to do is you try to nail down the meaning that exists in your field of vision, in your life experience, yeah. because every person's those things are unique. 
exactly to, that, to themselves. So you know, you think about uh, uh, if you're trying to if you if you if you're putting the deepest parts of yourself out there, it's going to connect to the deepest parts of somebody else. That's right. In an ideal situation, it doesn't always happen, but when it does, that's what it's that's part of the intent. Uh, and you know, the more particular you can be about your experience, the more unifying it feels for everybody's experience. Right. Because the interesting thing about that is that you are basically describing your experience of meaning. Mm -hmm. And maybe somebody else is hearing it and not connecting exactly to what actually you felt in the meaning. But it's creating a meaning for them. Right. And it, it gives them a kind of permission to think about their own life on those kind of terms. And I think that's expansive. In anybody's experience, it can be a very expansive. And if you haven't uh, been opened up that way before, it can be really enlivening. And just to know that it's a possibility in the midst of the swirl of confusion that we're all living in right now, especially. Yeah. Because there is so much coming at us that is bad and shocking and and debilitatingly frightening. Yeah. Uh, that you have to really be disciplined about remembering about the beauty and the joy and the you know the pleasure that is also available to you every day and we we need to be more deliberate about shifting our consciousness to at least where we include that if not allow that to uh, dictate how we pursue our day-to-day lives rather than being in the midst of a for lack of a better word shitstorm of information and trying to decide what to believe, you know. Um, well, and that's why I find that the artistic pursuits have always been my primary. Well, because, because it pierces all that other stuff. Yeah. It pierces through all the crap and, and, and says, I'm a human being, I have feelings, I have my own experience. You know, life is for living. That's right. It's not for hiding, it's not for, you know... Uh, cowering in a corner. Yeah, that's you know, right. Uh, if you're going to live your life, then you need to absorb experience and emotion, all of it, not just the fearful bits that, that you know make you need to be in a smaller and smaller space in order to feel safe. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, but it's... Uh, I was thinking about how everything in my life is concerned with meaning-making. And then when I was thinking about my job then i thought well you know once you pierce the membrane the membrane <laughs> well i want your own resistance like almost yeah. like pop the balloon <coughs> of your job Excuse i mean me. it's that's why i was even thinking of yeah. pierce the yeah. you know kind of put the needle in and say what was this job about was i really finding my meaning through my job not really i mean it did what it was supposed to do right. it helped you survive you know yeah, its meaning was even... more in having a life purpose that that a society could witness and say yes this person is valid yes. uh, he she it have they have been a contributing member of society they have done their part to uphold you know the the american way or whatever it was all right. kind of a dip from a different source than strict just passion in yourself you know so yeah that's right. So it's interesting to me because as that <coughs> balloon is deflating now, 
it's not that I feel like my job had no meaning. It's just that I did feel that uh, I, I attached more meaning to it than was there, is what I want to say. However, because you what, had to get through it. You had to get through the yeah. day. You had to stay focused on it. But when I think about what I really value coming out of this is, uh, for example, this week I've been writing to some people and just telling them I'm leaving because there are various people I work with on campus who wouldn't necessarily know. And one of the people wrote me back and she said, oh my gosh, Diane, I'm, I'm going to so miss you as a advisor. And, but she said something that really touched me. She said, um, you always brought the best out in people. And, um, I'm going to, she said, you always brought the best out in people. You were really unique in that. And I'm really going to miss you. And this is a person I worked with maybe four or five times a year. But I did uh, serve as a, if she had any issues, then I would uh, help her out with some of the, the complexities of workday. So, But now I just feel like, wow, all that time, all that effort that you spent, it really it was a part of you, but it was not a, all of you. Yeah. Or in my case, it was certainly not all of me. Right. So... And in fact, some of the music today that I uh, that I want to play. So we had said that we were going to play some of the the music that my brother had sent in his retirement list, yeah. and it kind of speaks to this. Uh, I want to say that I really wanted to play these songs today because Gary was um, was a huge who the who fan he really loved pete townsend's uh songwriting and my one of my greatest memories uh of gary going to college is that he came back and he played me uh quadrophenia which this song is going to be from Hmm. that the first song and at the time i was just thinking oh man because we had been listening to paul simon and Judy Collins, Simon and Garfunkel, Judy Collins, kind of softer folk rock. And I was just like, whoa, what is this? And I was not really fond of it. I did grow to be a lot more fond of it uh, over the time because Gary and I went to a Who concert together. And, um, and I certainly, you know, speaking of passions of other people, I, I think that I really always liked having that connection with Gary through music. And even if it wasn't entirely my thing, I would always love to participate in that thing that he loved so much. So The Who, for me, was... um, It's got a certain kind of energy that I have to be in the mood for, is basically what I want to say. And uh, Quadrophenia, I just have been listening to it recently because of this song and I was thinking about other songs on the album and and uh, there's a certain teenage angst in it you know that is certainly um, it was a wonderful dispelling of that energy at that time 
But I thought how interesting it is at the end of a life too, that uh, because the song, even its title is interesting. I've had enough, you know, I've had enough of this. Um, but I actually see, you know, like I'm listening to this with the, the view of a retirement and I was thinking, um, all the things that he says, get a job and fight to keep it, strike out to reach a mountain, be so nice on the outside, but inside keep ambition, you know, yeah. uh, the don't cry because you hunt them hurt them first, they'll love you, there's a millionaire above you, and you're under his suspicion. Well, that's kind of the way the working life often feels. So I, I really appreciated hearing that song again. And the other song, um, Gary gave me some clues into why he was thinking of this particular song for me. It's called uh, Hero Ground Zero. And it's actually about climbing the mountain and uh and so gary was saying that the mountain that they're mentioning which is skildor i think was the mountain that if anybody has seen the movie tommy that roger daltrey as tommy was climbing at the end of the movie so it has significance for that you know sort of like you are at the top of your mountain of success but instead of walking down it the the hero in this song is going to fly from it and i was so moved touched by that thought that gary was saying you don't have to walk down this mountain you're gonna fly off of it thanks gary i'm emotional just talking about it Obviously, I was touched and moved. Um, so I actually thought that the even the the title was wonderful, Hero Ground Zero. Yeah. You know, that you don't get to always be on the top of a mountain. And throughout your life, I believe how you how you deal with the times that you're not at the top is actually a very telling aspect of who you are yeah, and, and how you and deal with the, determines the world who you are yeah, because it is it is always a climb but you don't get to stay yeah. i mean that's the thing that's so funny you you don't get to stay at the top of any mountain well let's hear it happy birthday gary
I'm bored with hate and passion I've had enough of trying